What's going on, everybody? Uh, so Sven Hansen here um, from Top Shelf Season. I figure I may as well um, give you an intro while we wait for Eric to join us. Uh, Top Shelf Season is all about um, ta talking about stuff that's going on right now in the Web3 space. And uh, super excited to have my co-host here, uh, Eric. There he is. Yo, what's up? <laughs> You're back. All right, sweet. Appreciate you uh, you popping back in here. Um, you are not frozen now, so that's great. That's good to hear. If it freezes again, I think we're just have to deal with it. It's fine. It's fine. My camera is just upset. I did the old Armageddon fix. Where I oh, just yeah? hit it. You know, you <laughs> the, remember that movie? The Armageddon yeah. fix. I I haven't. This is Bruce Willis, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. And one of the one of the scenes they have the Russian cosmonaut. And this right. thing's going down and he's like, what is it? Russian spaceship, America spaceship, all made in Taiwan. And he just starts hitting it with a hammer. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it works. And then it works. And that's what I just did to my camera. And now it works. Good stuff. Um, well, Eric, uh, I did a little intro while I was waiting for you to, to pop on, just letting people know what, um, what top shelf is about. And I guess the, the whole ideology behind, um, you know, talking about web three is that this is, um, it's an unprecedented time in, in, in a number of different ways. And, mm -hmm. um, essentially as many ways that you can document kind of what's going on, I think, um, is very important. So, you know, this is more or less a, a place to talk about like the shitty stuff that's happening, which we'll talk about in a sec. Um, mm -hmm. but like also just because we're in the thick of it, me and you being founders. And again, I'll kind of give um, an intro to what we do in a second is that like, we get to see the cool shit that people are building right now, um, behind the scenes and kind of get a look into like what the future, um, the future moving pieces of web three look like. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pleased to have you here as, as a co-host on this. Um, and, um, yeah, let's, let's, um, you know, let's dive into it. You know, again, I'm, I'm a founder of Bobbles. We've been around since, um, since June and, um, Eric and I are, are kind of the guys that are like, we're, we're front lines. So we're founders, we're, you know, we're in the discords every day. We're, answering people we're we're doing like 95 percent of the work for our projects so um you know it's uh it's great to have you on obviously i'm a big fan of the art of goobers um and um yeah tell me about you because you've been in the space since like it's been over a year right you've been in the space yeah so yeah so eric here for anyone who doesn't know founder of the goobs thanks for the intro yeah, and I've been in this space for a little little bit. I think I got into NFTs last June, last January timeframe. Uh, I got my first, like, I got into NBA Top Shots. Before that, I was into crypto. And I was, so I was trading crypto, and I thought I was a badass because it was like a bull market. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know that, that, like, quickly fades away. Yeah. So I, like... I started looking for different avenues and I still I really started getting captivated by the NFT market and getting yep. that going. And yeah, so I, I found flow and I realized that, you know, a lot of people weren't generating products on the flow blockchain at that moment in time. So we decided to just jump in there head first. And yeah, so 
I launched my project, I think last, what is it? November, November, right after Halloween, which sucks because nice. I wanted to launch like before Halloween. Yeah. Cause if you look at the artwork, a lot of it's like Halloween oriented, mm-hmm. but at the time, uh, flow didn't have that. They, they had like controlled all the contracts that went out. And so we got mm-hmm. everything ready. And then like, we were like, we would go to hit launch and then we had to like wait for the approval process, but it, it worked out still. And yep. yeah, so we've been live in the market for like a year and it's been one hell of an event. Really? I've loved it. Like the NFT space has been just a lot of fun, excitement, tears at the same time. Cause like, I feel like right when we came in, it was almost a, a cusp to the downside of it. Right. Right. So it's like been going, it's been going, it's just been going straight, like just a steady decrease. Yeah. yeah you, you jumped in at the top and then it just kind of rode the hill down. Right. <laughs> Uh, but that's good things because, uh, you know, staying here and building, it kind of lets us go forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, one of, one of the things about flow and, and again, bobbles itself, the project is, um, is also built on flow. And one of the things that was, was really exciting, um, to me about this space, like all foot aside, um, is that like the, the space is, is built on previous problems (laughs) you know like it was built out of a way to be a solution right you know like Uh, because of kitties kitties right you know kitties went out there and it crashed um ethereum and ethereum has done a lot of stuff this year to try and rectify a lot of the things that make it just not ideal for for mass adoption right and mass adoption did they because they said that and then they like still kept gas prices relevant to workload yeah exactly get. yeah i mean i guess it's easier it's better on the environment so like there's that but like e- gas prices again super annoying um yeah because they, they were developing proof of staking but the proof of stake doesn't lower the gas fees mm-hmm. you're still going to get charged an extraordinary amount for making a transaction yeah. And for those that are listening that don't really know like about crypto uh, and gas fees and stuff like that, um, because I do want to make this um, a podcast that lets people kind of come in and and hear about what people are building and understand like what some of the other chains are doing or and, and it could be good, could be bad. But, you know, one of the downsides, obviously, of Ethereum, for those of you that are listening and saying what's gas? You know, gas is essentially, if you were to compare it to anything, it's like surge pricing. And so if you were, you know, riding an Uber right at the time of like a John Legend concert and you wanted to get a Uber out front of the John Legend concert, the pricing is probably going to be a lot higher because there's more people trying to get the same thing at the same time. So um, essentially that is not good for adoption because, um, you know, in the case of um, Yuga Labs and things like that, when there's massive drops, is that you're seeing gas prices that are like, you know, thousands of dollars. Yeah. Um, so you're and, paying because you're, then you're paying the gas to get the item. Mm-hmm. So because like the the gas just gets you from point A to point B. So if you're buying like that, I remember that land drop and people yeah. lost like a whole ETH or two from yeah. like failed transactions. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a thousand dollars out the window and you still didn't get what you wanted or were yeah. trying to buy. Now they did rectify it a little bit 
uh, quite a bit actually by by reimbursing mm-hmm. people money for for those that like didn't get something. Um, mm-hmm. So that was like that's a class act, um, you know, thing to do. Um, but they got the money, so you know, yeah, um, like three hundred over three hundred million. I feel like they just the the market was already kind of going down, and they just took a big old vacuum mm-hmm. and just like. <laughs> Oh, yeah. just sucked up the rest and was like all right bitches i'm out <laughs> yeah exactly we're just gonna ride this wave through this giant pile of cash that we got <laughs> right. well, i mean ftx just like took a big pile of their money so mm-hmm. I, I don't know i don't know did they did they escape from uh, that they did, did they escape they said they didn't have any reserves on ftx um whether oh, okay. or not they did it's hard to say right so right. um yeah so so yeah, let's take a minute. Let's talk about um, about the the generality of the space right now. And I think that um, obviously for those that are listening, whether or not you have an idea of how NFTs and crypto work alongside um, the stock market and things like that, this is probably one of the times that the stock market is actually going up and crypto is going down. So um, usually they work pretty hand in hand um in terms of like economic events and and things like that but what we're seeing right now is um just a shit show of like you know these unregulated crypto exchanges um collapsing and um have you seen the king of crypto on netflix did you watch that about um about the cx exchange from canada um no, I was watching the King of Stonks, but yeah, you should watch King of Crypto. It's about like the original, uh, like the first crash of crypto exchange, and like this was like years ago. And I watched it. Funny enough, like a week before the exchange crashed, uh, FTX crashed, and it oh, was okay. okay. It was it was this. It was basically the same thing, but the so King of Crypto. Our own assets to like pump them, pump them up. Well, the thing, no, so, it was, it wasn't the same thing in that aspect. This guy in King of Crypto took all, so basically he built this website where people thought that they owned Bitcoin and Ethereum and all this stuff and they were buying it and it looked like they had it on the exchange, but then he took it and put their money into other ex- exchanges to try mm-hmm. and ride it up. And then the market went down and he lost all the money and then- oh my God. So he basically took it and gambled with the entire amount of everybody's money, lost it That's all. That's kind of what happened. Which That's is kind of pretty much here. which is pretty much what happened here with FTX. Um, is that you know, but different in this in the sense that the the reserves were there originally with FTX, yeah. and then he just eventually started taking from the cookie jar, and then more and more and more. Yeah, see that that it was an insane story because like you know. What was his initials SBF or something? Yeah, SBF. Yeah, and so he was he was trying to prop up this Almada, I don't remember Almeida, that sister company of his. Yeah. And then there were you, but then Almeida was propped up by the FTX token. Yeah. Right. And then once the so whenever like push came to shove, the FTX started collapsing. Almeida, who was supported by that started to crumble and they didn't have to pay off uh they didn't have enough 
like liquidity to start paying out people for that bank run. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, everyone's like, "I want my money back," and they're like, well, "I can't. Don't. Sorry, don't have it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> okay. I wasn't a part of FTX because I think I tr- I thought about getting into it last year because someone was trying to like convince me to do FTX trading. I think like fiats and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, "Nah, I'm good. I'm just gonna stick with crypto for now." And uh, yeah, well, happy for that. So do you do you keep your crypto? You keep your crypto in a in a in a cold wallet, then keep it safe. Mm. Yes and no. Yes and no. So, well, right now I'm in the process of like moving it to the bank account. Mm-hmm. And so, so right now I'm doing like bit by bit, move taking us taking a chunk, moving it to or taking a piece, moving it to there, and uh, like moving it to Kraken, which is pretty safe. Kraken safe, yeah. Yeah, I keep it on Kraken for like an hour or two. Mm-hmm. I do my trade, I convert it to euro, and then I'm getting it over there because you know the end of the year co- is coming, and Germany wants its cut. Mm-hmm. So that's I believe I believe there. Kraken also works with Ledger, um, like NanoX, right? Like you should be able to. Uh, I'm pretty sure Kraken has the ability to like integrate directly with. Uh, cold wallets so you can connect those and then just like transfer it like straight off those so that's always a great idea so to give like um uh, a background to those that are listening that don't know like cold wallets hot wallets essentially um cold wallets are like a safe so like if you wanted to take your money from and not have it in a bank and say like i want it to be safe i'm going to put it in a safe because if the bank which can't happen because they're regulated but if and and in this in this example is that mm-hmm. unregulated exchanges are the bank. If they go under, then your money is gone, like Tom Brady's money. Um, so <laughs> like, you know, like um, you want to take well, then, your yeah. your money and put it into a cold wallet and just use hot wallets that, like exchanges for trading. Um, and <clears throat> in Canada, where we're at, there's. Um, there's a, I think there's 10 different exchanges that are regulated under the provincial securities commission in Ontario, which is good because if you were to lose your money with them, then you can get it back. Um, but in this case, um, FTX was like based in the Bahamas and was like in international waters, you know, like nobody can touch them. So, um, we're, we're not quite sure how that's gonna, how that's gonna shake out. Yeah, it was same same with like Binance. I was listening to someone the other day, and they're talking about they're talking about regulating Binance, and they're like, and they basically said, you know what, we don't even know how to regulate them because we don't even know where they are. And so, like a lot of these big exchanges, these big companies have a multitude of offices spread across the globe, and finding out who actually owns and regulates them, which is also, I guess, a point of decentralization. Because like they don't want to fall under one jurisdiction, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, you lose that safety net, and I think that's like this this weird Deegan play in crypto culture, because like a lot of people like this idea of like no man's land, you know, right, wild west. Like who, yeah, exactly. That's how it makes the crypto fun, you know, it's the wild west. What are yeah. we doing? Who's monitoring what? Because you don't want the government to quite know who you are, but you want to pay taxes because you you don't want to go to jail and right so yeah, but you're like well who pays taxes because like i'm american but i live in germany and so i'm like i fall in this weird boat because like america still wants its cut right 
And so, like, I have to file my taxes with America and Germany. But, like, my wife, if she's a German, she leaves. She doesn't have to keep reporting to Germany. And so, and that's, like, I think the, word, the next couple of years is finding out how the organizations are going to control it mm-hmm. and how they are going to regulate. But I think that was one of the pieces that drew me into Flow because Flow Blockchain was looking at working with regulatory companies, like regulatory bodies, agencies, yeah. mm-hmm. bodies, instead of fighting it. Because if you mm-hmm. listen like Cardano, Charles Hoskinson, I think he's mm-hmm. very intelligent and he's building a really like a great thing. But at the same time, he's also, it seems like, it seems like he has like this thing going against the man, going against the incumbent system. And I don't know if that's going to work long-term. I think he'll have like a strong foundation like Africa and whatnot, or like third world countries. But for us like working with like European countries and America, Flow blockchain is going to be there because it seems like they want to work with like regulatory bodies. Yeah, I mean that was that was one of the things that was like super um attractive to me to build, right? Is that like you know, when you look at like decentralization, like there would be a ton of people right now that would say like if you want to build a project on Solana, you're probably like mm, do I want to build on Solana right now? Um, you know, yeah. because you know, Solana uh for for those of you again that are not listening, Solana was was backed by FTX, um, and they had a ton of money in in the development of Solana. So, um, whether or not what the future is going to look like for Solana, that's that's a whole nother thing, right? So you have to really do your um, do your research into like where you're building, right? Like the company that's building it, mm-hmm. are they building it for the right reasons? And if you want to be here for the long term, which a lot of us do, because why else would we be building in this fucking mm-hmm. crazy winter? Um, you know, um, you know, we want to we want to build a brand. We want to build IP that's going to um, continue to 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 move barriers in the space, right? So you you got to look into the company that's behind it, and you know, we're we're pretty lucky with the company that runs Flow for sure. Uh, Agreed. What's what's kind of pretty exciting because like y'all been on y'all been up since like June, correct? You're saying? Yeah. That's like that's pretty freaking exciting. Yeah, it's been six months now. Um what's up, TJ? Yeah, someone just posted. I gotta find the link and post it to I'm afraid to click on anything with my computer though, because last time a camera freaked out. <laughs> what's up, <laughs> TJ? Like, How's it going? Good man, how are you? Good, good. Good man. Hop right in. Hop right in. We got uh, Eric here from uh, from Goobs from Party Goobs. Uh, Have you have you guys met? I don't believe that we have. No, sweet. So yeah, um, everything. I mean, uh, Eric um, has been in the space for for a long time as well. Um, You know, he he built the Party Goobs and the mansion. You know a year before I jumped in, which was in June, I've been in the space for six months. Now you're another guy that, you know, um, has been in the space for, for quite a long time, right? Yeah. Been oh, almost two years now, which, uh, Shit. is pretty much an eternity in this space. It feels like 20 years. <laughs> Dude, but, it does you know, age, we, it ages people fast. That's, that's fresh Isn't COVID. It? That's fresh yeah, COVID. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, so I, I, I come up from a background in, daily fantasy sports. So I've been a big DraftKings fan duel player and then discovered NBA top shot last January. And that was 
was really my first exposure to NFTs. Instantly fell in love with the product. Like literally was up for three straight days, just like putting all my putting all my ETH into Dapper Balance, buying top shot moments, thought it was the greatest thing ever. Yeah. And me and my buddy Justin, who who's the, the co-founder with me at Own the Moment, we started a podcast where we would just talk about NBA Top Shot and then nice. uh, never stopped. That's nice. so cool. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's like something that really um gets us gets us excited. I mean, we're we're pretty much like as founders, we we stumbled across flow through NBA Top Shot. And, and I, I I can't tell you how many people that I've talked to that are like, yeah, I mean, I started buying NBA Top Shot and I was like, what is this experience? Like this experience is should not be possible. <laughs> it shouldn't be possible given where we are in this technology right now. Right. And, um, you know, that was one of the things that I was like this is crypto. Like it doesn't feel like crypto. Like it feels super smooth. Um, and so from like a marketer standpoint, that's where it's just like, okay, this makes sense. Like if I want to build a product or I want to build a service, this is where I want to build it. Right. So. Yeah. Well, I feel like, I feel like Top Shot did a really good example of that. Cause if you go to their website, it doesn't talk about NFTs anywhere. No. You're buying moments. You're not buying NFTs. You're buying right. moments and collectible items. Mm -hmm. and I don't think they even started approaching the NFT aspect until recently. And Given like, that they are like the ones that like coined NFT as like what it actually is. <laughs> you know, I mean, right? it's funny. It's funny. But yeah, I mean, there's, of course, there's going to be stigma uh, associated with NFTs as like, I mean, NFTs right now hold more value than crypto does, if you ask me, um, just in terms of like what's happening in the crypto space. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, TJ, let's let's jump back into like your your story. Um, so you um, you came up with uh, you're you talking about NBA Top Shot in in, you know, how you started your company and obviously being a big fan of DraftKings and, and sports and uh, sports betting and, and fantasy sports. Um, like what, what happened next? Like, are you a tech guy? Do you like, do you know how to build shit? Like wh what happened? Yeah. So I am a tech guy in the sense of I'm a, I come from a background of product management. So yeah. prior to own the moment, worked 10 years of corporate jobs at Capital One and at GlaxoSmithKline Pharma Company variety of different roles in digital analytics, digital marketing, product management, managing a 12 plus engineering team. So th that's kind of where, where we got our start on building out our website. And then actually my brother, Neil, is the, the lead developer. So he, we kind of synced up with him. It started off just as pulling some, some like one-time data snapshots to share in Discord, eventually rolled out the first version of the Own the Moment website which it's funny to look back on. It was basically a glorified Excel sheet on a website site, just pulling all the data yeah. and showing the numbers and, you know, had a couple iterations of it since then. And then, yeah, now have, you know, kind of built out what, what I view to be the, the premier analytics website out there for Top Shot for NFL all day. And then we've also continued to expand into the gamification side of things with, with our game Rumble, where you can take the NFL all day moments that you own and then actually use them to create your Rumble lineup every week 
where we have a free to enter contest that offers up $10,000 worth of Dapper Balance in prizes. So that's mm. been been a ton of fun. And, you know, I mean, really our three core principles are around education via content and analytics. So how do we make sure that people getting involved in the Web3 space are educated and informed in terms of the decision they can make? Gamification. So once people are educated and start to buy some of these moments, give them something to do with it after in the mm -hmm. form of playing games like Rumble and other kinds of gamification. And then community underlying all of that, which really is, is kind of, I feel, the, the moat that we've built. We've built, built a very strong, loyal community over the past two years. We've leaned into that even further with the launch of our Jolly Jokers profile picture project. The Jolly Jokers also ties in with the analytics website, ties in with Rumble, and really using that to connect our entire ecosystem. And, you know, also this idea of like NFTs that give you access and membership which yeah. is, is really what we're doing with, with the Jolly Jokers, right? So by owning a Jolly Joker, you A, get lifetime access to OTM Premium for Top Shot and for All Day. So right. earlier this month, we moved a lot of our features behind a paywall. You can access that through a standard weekly, monthly, annual subscription, or you can mint a Jolly Joker and then connect your wallet and use the wallet as, as a login, which I think is a super cool concept and like something that just makes sense, right? Of like, okay, yeah. I own this thing and now I get access to something that you can only access if you own the thing. And then with Rumble, we also have similar concept where there's token gated contests. So they actually just launched today, starting this week, there's a contest the rest of this season and a playoff contest where if you own one, three or six Jolly Jokers, you get into these different contests and there's a total of $100,000 in prizes. So Jeez. I think that's a, a really, really, uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, <clears throat> for anyone that, that looks for good, uh, quote unquote value opportunities, there's definitely a, a ton, a ton of value. I mean, in our six minter contest right now, there's, there's going to be two contests with a total of $20,000 in prizes. And uh, there's only 34 people in it right now. And in this first contest, 25 are going to cash. So like 80% of people are, are locking up a minimum cash of $250. So it's definitely Absolutely. like, you know, it's, it's yeah, a nice opportunity for people that, that have supported us early and are early adopters. And that's really also the idea of like, you know, building that foundation of community of the early adopters that, that came in and minted these Jolly Jokers early, giving them this contest as kind of a, a thank you and a reward and an opportunity for being an early adopter. And then once you have that foundation, I think it's a lot easier to, to grow the community from there. And uh, that's kind of been our approach to community building all along and uh, replicating that now again with the Jolly Jokers project. Hey, Eric, um, are, you're still yeah. there, right? Uh, but you were frozen. I'm here. You are frozen. I, I kind of see that. I was kind of <laughs> listening to him. And I, I, I was thinking to myself, it's just frozen by like listening to what he was saying, you know, just like I was standing in awe. <laughs> No, your face is frozen. <laughs> I know. I can see that. But if I leave and come back, I don't think it's I gotcha. Work. It's all good, man. I think it's I think it's best that we keep um just that screenshot up of you. Right. You just just like me slightly <laughs> looking off to the left. <laughs> so um so what's the plans? I mean, you guys have um like in this space right now, you guys were number three in terms of like raising the most money 
you know, in 30 days, you guys, I guess you guys are up to like what, 425,000 or something like that sold, um, which is huge. Congrats. I mean, that's amazing in this market. <laughs> like people have to understand that like, that's, that's crazy in this market. Like that's great. Um, so like, but it makes sense. I mean, for people to go on and, and buy something that's going to give them lifetime access to a software that's going to allow them to make better judgment calls in terms of their trading and um, also gamification and have fun with their NFTs. That makes sense. Um, what's next steps for, for you guys? I mean, you guys have teased about this Jolly Joker, like on your main page about having like building this sports metaverse thing you know everybody's throwing around metaverse right now nobody knows what it metaverse. actually means um <laughs> yeah yeah metaverse is, is uh it's definitely a very like out there feels concept. like a far away concept right now yes agreed agreed and know. you know i, I, I think yeah. it, go ahead wait i, I, I no, capitalize on something because like that's something and like so sports is in my area of expertise but um this the metaverse i feel like is a lot sooner attainable then we're given it appreciation because technically this would be in a metaverse type of experience and so if you really like deconstruct the idea of what a metaverse is the discord that y'all interact with that's a metaverse experience like people are logging in and they're having this this experience online mm -hmm. and i think like the land values in these metaverse experience where like the matrix market or these other pieces I mean, how Flo often Vitar, things we, like that? Flo Vitar, yeah, like we grew up playing video games, right? Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, it just gives us experience. The metaverse could be any experience where you're enjoying it digitally. So mm -hmm. me and I think they're going to start. They're going to start calling it the multiverse, right? Because it's like well, that's probably a better explanation for it. Because like, let's say we do this chat, and then all three of us jump on like VR. And we play a game in VR together, and then we watch a movie in our Discord together. Like these are mm -hmm. metaverse, meta worlds experiences. Yep. So, but cool. Like, how do y'all perceive it in that sense? If if jo if the Jolly Jokers are like going that route. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I think I think the the metaverse is is some version of it is is kind of inevitable and. You know, people even younger than us, the further generation for us, like it's just going to become more and more intuitive for those folks. There's a lot of a lot of cool metaverse stuff going on. There's some like metaverse sports leagues that that are out there that maybe haven't officially launched yet, but will be launching. And uh, we've actually <clears throat> we've, we have some exciting announcements regarding that that are are going to be coming in the future. Unfortunately, can't can't talk about them just yet but uh yeah i mean there it is there it is but yeah our our goal the jolly jokers is to be sitting right at the inter intersection of, of anything that's sports and web3 or even just like sports and kind of emerging emerging technology in general right um you know i think that's one thing that that's kind of interesting i feel like mainstream wise nfts web3 has a bit of like a bad bad rep right like some people hear NFT and they're instantly just like, nope, not interested yeah, in that. Off. That's why, as you guys said, people like Dapper, so smart to not say the word NFT, right? Digital collectible, like that's right. that's mm -hmm. what these things are. These are 
our digital experiences. And like, yes, there happens to be this awesome technology lying underneath of it that is enabling all of that to happen, but we're not throwing that in their face, right? And like, you know, lead with a product and a consumer facing thing that they can do and let the tech just do what the tech does behind the scenes, which is, I mean, that's, that's the world today, right? We have our phones, we have our computers. We yeah, just take that for granted. Like I open up my phone, it just works. The internet just works. I'm not thinking yeah. about how crazy it is that the internet's able to work. Like I just want to do whatever I'm trying to do on my phone. And eventually blockchain and web three technology will underlie so many day-to-day activities and people won't even realize that it's happening. To me, that's like, you know, the 10 year vision of where this space is heading. I, I, I agree with that sentiment. Like, um, cause I really, cause I have, so I have a nine year old daughter. And she, you know, you see how much they just gravitate towards electronics, even more so than when I was a kid. And now, you know, when she's 15, 20 years old, everything, a lot of these things of value they're going to hold are going to be possessed within their phone. And, you know, I like to, I like to resonate back to like the thing, like a hearthstone. I played this card game for a while and you, you, you bought these packs of cards and you, at the end of it, you didn't really own it. You know, Uh, at the end of playing, you had to give it away. And so we have all these different experiences, you know, where like my project, we're really concentrating on fun. Like the idea behind it, it's just fun. So when you're, you're buying like a party goob, like you're buying this experience where you're just, you're hoping to get like 15 minutes of the day. That's just entertainment value. And because entertainment value is one of these pieces where, you know, we work, we, we work all these hours for what, you know? And that's what all these pieces are really just trying to find what people are going to be entertained by. So it's really exciting pieces that you're you are building over there. Okay. I think I think it's I think it's all about digital ownership as well, right? Like you talked about the fact that um, you know you played this card game, but you know at the end of it, or you know you play a video game and you know Call of Duty, you know, like you play yeah, you a Call of Duty game, and then the next year a new game comes out, and everything that you've put into that game is done. You got to rebuild from scratch and um, you know, video games now are going to start building these environments that everything in the game is owned and um, you own what you own and you can play with it, but it's an investment. So if you go ahead and, and you use that to build up, you know, to a certain rank that there should be value attached to that ownership. And I think for, for way too long, people just realize that they're just working to make, you know, other people rich, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like you're, you're, you're investing so much time and money and, um, effort into games or, or, um, you know, in our case, other things, but at the end of it, you're walking away from it and just, just pure entertainment. That was what you paid for. Right. But I think by adding digital ownership to this, people are going to really grasp their head around the fact that the blockchain is a certificate that says that you physically own that. Like today I went, um, chain monsters is a game, uh, on, on flow that just launched a land sale. Yeah. So they just launched a land sale, which is pretty cool. Like they built this video game and now you can go and you can buy your piece of land in that video game that you can go and play and come back. It's like your home base, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like grand grand theft auto, like you're coming back to your house, you're, you know, a place where you can change and, 
So again, and like you said, into the multiverse, right? Because like right then you're playing that game, you're living that house, and then you're like, all right, well now basketball's on. You log out and you log into Jolly Jokers, and you go, all right, well I got, and then they have like a gated wall where you have to have a Joker to get mm-hmm. in, read your stats. You build out this rumble, and then you're like, okay, now I want to get drunk, and like you close that down. You jump <laughs> into the party mansion. You open a beer. Hmm. Yep. And so it has all these little environments built out where, and that's where it comes like that multiverse experience. We're not, I don't think one project will ever meet all the needs kind of like uh was it one ready player one did It'll, hmm. you'll really be these little environments to scratch each itch. I mean, I like hmm. basketball. Like, I mean, I like basketball too. Right. And so when I'm watching it, I want the entertainment. I want to know what's up. And then after that, I want to go check out something else. I want to check out my bobbles. And mm-hmm. then after that, I'm like, all right, let's go catch some Pokemon on the land sale, right? Yeah. Uh, what are they called? Small monsters? In, in the in the chain monsters land? Chain, uh, chain monsters. monsters, yeah. Chain monsters. I think that's a really cool concept too. Because like already, I just started playing uh, Pokemon Go with my daughter. Mm-hmm. So like every day me and her walk to the city and she like catches Pokemon. Right. But it, I know at the end of it, yeah. At the, I know at the end of it, we won't be able to sell them or anything. but. I mean, what, why do you need that out concept? But at the same time, if it's possible, why not have it? I so think in the future, monster. anything that you have, you're going to be able to sell. Like that's right? the point of it, right? That's so that's such a cool piece. Yeah, for sure. So TJ, um, if we were to like, say like, if we were to look at the future of sports, uh, fantasy sports or sports betting, I mean, you said you were, you know, DraftKings and DraftKings is coming out with their own NFTs and things like that. What do you, what do you see in the, in the future? Like, you know, obviously with sports betting, it's, you know, it's, it's like, um, it's like a casino, right? Like the, the house is always going to win. Like, do you see that like in the future, there's going to be like this decentralized transparency where like betting is always going to be like, like nobody's going to be the house. Like how, how is this going to, you know, the algorithms always win. The algorithms always win. There's always a house. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the decentralized betting concept is one that I feel like has been, been talked about many times and even tried in a couple spots. I think the problem with that is like someone has to be the market maker, right? right? Like somebody has to go out first and say, I'm taking, you know, Philadelphia Eagles over, right? right. At, at this number. And then someone can come in and take the other side. In order for this to work, the exchange or platform would need to somehow incentivize those market makers, right? Because you're you're putting yourself up in a vulnerable spot, right? Okay, that example I just gave, Philadelphia Eagles, I, I'm posting the over of a certain number. And then, I don't know, Jalen Hurts gets injured in practice. Now, all of a sudden, someone else took that bet because they want the under, and I had a bad line out there because I was being the market maker, right? So mm. that that's the problem with the decentralized approach when you get to, like, the practicality of it. It sounds, it sounds fantastic in theory, but someone needs to make the market and, and set that first line. And, uh, you know, maybe there's a way where the exchange is able to incentivize the market makers enough through some kind of reward system or token. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that, again, like I, I, I think is great in theory. I think we are probably a long way off 
from anything that actually works and gets works, to any yeah. kind of kind of scale as well. Right. Um, so yeah. In terms of Web three, we talk about sports. I mean, sports has is definitely been the number one driver of of if you ask me, it's been the number one driver of um of the space. Yeah, I mean flow flow is huge, but you you could say I mean NBA Top Shot is is probably the the biggest project in the Web three world. Um, so I, how do you how, what do you what do you see as being like the next big thing that like people that gets people like clicking like this? What's their light bulb moment where they're like, okay, this is this is fucking cool? Yeah. Yeah, well, so first off, completely agree. Sports is like the on-ramp into Web3. It just, it just makes too much sense, right? Like I th you think about the history of sports and there's collectibles. People have been collecting physical cards or game-worn jerseys or footballs or whatever for decades. So yep. physical cards, now we're just replicating that in the digital world with digital collectibles. Yep. Another thing with, with sports is gamification and people love playing fantasy sports and fantasy football and whatever else. Like we're seeing that be replicated in the Web3 space with games like we've created, such as Rumbles. There's plenty of other games of that type out there as well. And then the third mm -hmm. element of community, like sports is all about community, right? You you go to a tailgate with your buddies, you go to the game with your buddies, you hang out at the bar and watch the game with a group of people that root for the same team as you. That's community. That's fun. Mm -hmm. Now yeah. we're just replicating that in the digital sense. So like check, check, check on all the boxes there in terms of like this inevitable movement of sports culture to web three now how do we get there i mean i think it's a great question and i think that's that's how why things have stalled out is because of a lack of new user growth and you know i think in general the the early boom of 2021 kind of re it, it scrambled a lot of expectations in terms of like oh this is going to happen like overnight and then everyone's just going to automatically yeah. be all about this forever right that clearly <laughs> has not happened it, it, it <laughs> In reality, it actually kind of created the opposite through that experience. A lot of people, maybe Lost. they know what NFTs are now, but they actually have a negative perspective on it. And it would be like better yeah, if they didn't even know about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, for me, for me, the big thing is, is the connection to in real life sporting events and specifically with ticketing is, uh, yeah. you know, kind of the, the vision that I've had. I actually just went to the Sixers game this past Saturday. And so I was in the arena. And it's just like visualizing this world where, man, imagine, imagine if all of these people were on Top Shot, right? And yeah. you know, one of the, the the use cases that I've had in my mind, again, I don't think this is anywhere near like coming to fruition, but Dapper has a deal with Ticketmaster. I could see the future world. You show up at the game, you scan in with your phone, just like you do today, not any different. It just no. so happens that you're actually scanning in with your ticket that is an NFT that's in your Dapper wallet. Right yes. now, they know all the people that are at there in that game. You're at this game. Joel Embiid scores 59 points. Awesome game. Maybe he has this sick dunk that happens in that game. Exclusive offer up on the jumbotron. Like buy this Joel moment, Joel Embiid moment. You can only buy it if you're here right now. Yep. Now people are buying it because they want it. Yep. Right. Like you don't have to, but like give them opportunity to buy it. Or there's a starter pack, and it's like, hey, open up this NBA Top Shot starter pack. Like three Sixers moments are in there and maybe they're even non-transferable, right? Just stuff to get these people that are clearly fans of the game, get them in the door, get them set up with their wallet, get them their first couple of moments. 
And what we need is, you know, millions of people to want to have, you know, three or four moments of their favorite players. And that's fine. Right? Like not everyone's going to spend $10,000 on this stuff. That's not realistic. No. That's that's not even we don't even want that. But like if you make it normal that every basketball fan, every football fan, like they've have, you know, even if it's only a couple, but they ha- they own something in their collection, it becomes more normalized and then it yep. continues to grow over that way. And to me, like the connection to the yeah, meeting the people where they are, meeting the sports fans where they are at the game and then bringing them into our world of the digital, I think that is when we know we'll we'll have hit mainstream. And again, not anytime soon, not tomorrow, not next year, but in the next five to 10 years, like, I hope so. Yeah. That's definitely the bet that I'm making. Yeah. Agreed. You know, if I could chime in, the one thing I would say on top of that too, is I, I was really surprised that NBA Top Shot hasn't capitalized on adding different assets. So something that sounds, I think like we, we have all these moments and luckily, the basketball, you have enough games where you can create new moments to meet the needs. But at the same time, I mean, I would like to see 3D jerseys dropped on there. I mean, because I would like a Zion jersey or maybe like some basketball memorabilia pieces, like a 3D basketball. Like, I feel like there's other avenues that NBA Top Shots could be adding to it where they're saying, hey, we have these collectibles, the moments, but also if you were at the game, claim this. Like everyone who was there can claim a 3D basketball of that game. Yeah. I mean, it all comes down to licensing in that aspect, right? Like right now, Dapper has the licensing to just video, right? And so, um, you know, if you want to sell memorabilia, then you have to have another license, right? Like, <laughs> there, and these licenses aren't cheap. Like, I, I think Dapper's, I think they pay like 40 million a year or something like that. <laughs> like, it's, it's, well, yeah, I mean, they did let half of their staff go not too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> Things ain't cheap right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No so, doubt. I mean, well, I, I think that, you know, NBA Top Shot, I think that there's a lot of crossover that could happen where, you know, there's other companies that do what they do best. NBA Top Shot does moments. And I think that there could be like a digital, you know, company. Maybe it's Mitchell and Ness does like, you know, um, a digital version of a jersey right you know i i think that there should be crossover between the companies to to better merge their their um their user bases i think at this point Agreed. there's you got to focus on what you do and what you do well right like if you spread yourself too thin um i think that could that could be terrible <laughs> so i think that there's a ton of there's a ton of crossover where like nba top shot could say like yeah, let's bring in let's bring in Mitchell and Ness and do a retro throwback jersey, you know, to Vince Carter or like, you know what I mean? Like there's there's opportunities there that that could happen and I think we we'll see them happen. Um but we're we're, we're still far far away off from from that kind of that happening. What are you saying like 5 to 10 years and I don't think it's an extreme calculation. Didn't didn't Ticketmaster set say they're going to the blockchain i saw, I remember a headline they have in terms of in football yeah, they, 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 they have yeah they have a a deal of some sorts with with dapper labs and with flow oh nice so yeah i'm know, going to that, a map that, to me that's why I like you know i mean we talked about the ease of you guys talked about the ease of onboarding on flow and the user experience and like 
that's probably the primary reason why I'm personally bullish on flow. And mm -hmm. then number two right behind that would just be the amount of, of big name brand partnerships they have, not just the leagues like the NBA, NFL, La Liga, UFC, but also big name brands like Ticketmaster. And, uh, you know, and, and just like the technical infrastructure that Dapper Labs has, people definitely mm -hmm. take that for granted. I mean, right, less like a year and a half ago, you could barely line up for a pack drop and like get the queue. Now they've got for top shot reservation systems where you don't even need to wait in line. Like th th they are very far ahead of any potential yeah. competitor in terms of, of that like infrastructural platform. And yeah. people just take that for granted. And, and, you know, say what we want about that, but there's certainly been some questionable decisions, yada, yada, yada over time. I, I'm not gonna, not gonna say that everything has been done perfectly. But I do think that sometimes, you know, they they don't get enough credit for the stuff that they have done well and the stuff that, you know, does separate them from the the remainder. And, and like, you know, that, that, that's why I just think the, the future of 100%. mass adoption is, is through sports and through flow. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that a lot of people think that, like, they have to remember that like this stuff hasn't been done before. Like we're literally coming into a new age of technology where companies like Dapper and, and everyone else are, and us, you know, we're making this up literally as we go, because this is a new, there, there hasn't been people before us to show us how to do this in the right way. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, only... like you said, I mean, all of a sudden we have these gated tickets. And all of a sudden your tickets could have like long lasting value. Let's say you hold the Jolly Joker, you hold a goob, you hold a, a bobbles. And let's say you go quiet for six months building something. They always have, they could always have a value because you can go, all right, well, you bought this and now it can, I built this and you have access to this new program, this new situation that you now have access to. And so it's like they, they could also have this returning revolving piece of value, which are under precedent. Because like you said, we're in this new tech. I don't think people quite know what to do fully with this technology because I think the potential is limitless. Yeah, I mean, everyone's been talking about FTX, obviously, um, you know, all that crap that's happened. But, you know, over the last like week as well, we've seen, um, you know, Starbucks has launched their reward platform, right? Like we're seeing massive players launch things that are, proving yeah. that an intangible asset is in fact tangible, right? Like there, what Starbucks is doing essentially is you go get your coffee and then you have rewards that the more coffee you buy, the more stuff you buy from Starbucks, you, you're, you're rewarded with experiences. You're rewarded with discounts. You're rewarded with things that you well, can sell. What if I could sell my points to you? Yeah. Like, oh man. I don't yep. want Starbucks no more. Fuck them. Here's my yep. 10,000 points. Yep. You know? And then you can transfer them. And then that offers all these little variations, which is kind of fun. Like I think um, he was talking about earlier when he goes, well, people like to collect people, the gamification of these pieces. Sometimes people just like to collect for the sake, sake of collecting. Yeah. You know, people are going to go out and collect the, all of a sudden these Starbucks points just because they can. Right. Yeah. That's really cool stuff. I think the future is pretty bright for this. Uh, the one thing I'm curious about is what do y'all think about the price of flow compared to like Ethereum? Because let's say, 
let's say you buy something on Ethereum. Well, you have to pay in Ethereum. But Flow is doing all, pretty much everything in their power to say you don't need Flow to operate on Flow. So does that make Flow a good investment in and of itself? Because the token isn't quite needed to live on the chain. In theory, it should. Um, but I think that what we're dealing with right now is we're dealing with too many DGENs and not enough people that know how to make sense of it all. <laughs> like, like right now, yep. the sense the sense of it is like uh, how much cool, how many people are using this platform? And if they're not, then it shouldn't have value. But I think the the value in itself, like you said, is that the, this chain is is proving to be the chain where massive companies are coming to build uh, empires. And they're starting it out here because they know that what they're investing into this chain is going to prove to to be here for the long run, right? So, I mean, we're, we're right now, there's just too many DGENs running around and not enough people like that understand economies of scale. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, people joined NFTs because they heard that there was free money to be had. Yeah. They came in as soon as there's not free money to be had, you know, they, they lose interest. And it's also created a longer term problem, I think, in terms of like the culture of NFT customers is this like, I buy your NFT, therefore I expect to get value all the time forever and oh by the way i want that value to be like directly monetary yeah. right yeah. And, and i mean that's just not realistic and that's also mm. just a bigger problem that that i've seen in this space is that there's really no one that's like established a legitimate sustainable business model around web3 companies or web3 products we've basically seen a combination of of glorified ponzi schemes where it's mm -hmm. like hey let's buy this stuff hype it up so that we can sell it to other people for more money and then there's gonna you know, the, the, the profiting off of big name intellectual property whether that be things like top shot and all day with the nfl and nba or you know we've seen a bunch of individual athletes that have dropped some sort of nft over the past year and a half and like what happened to them i mean nothing right it, it, it's it, there's nothing sustainable that's happening after the mint and that's that's a problem. So that's why I'm bullish on this kind of model where the NFTs are more than just a speculative asset, but instead provide you some level of membership access, allow you to do things that, that other people can't do, and then build community in, in that way. And then like joining communities together, right? To me, that's like the next level of our visions. I take our Rumble contest, for example. Right now we're running our Jolly Joker gated rumble contests in a, in a future world we could create a contest where it's like hey you, you have to own a jolly joker and a bobbles and you get into this contest right? right so like stacking those tokens on top of each other cross-pollinating across these variety of communities on flow and you know that's why one of the things that, that i've been saying is like not viewing other people as competitors right now and instead no. like hey we're all super early in this we're all trying to build something awesome it's best for all of us to support each other to cross-pollinate the customer bases the communities and you know if this space wins then we all win together i think that should i think that sh should be the the status quo across all of web3 <laughs> like does it doesn't uh it doesn't make sense to me why i mean 
right now where the, the space needs to do that to grow, right? And I, I think people are being a little bit selfish to say, like you said, you know, I'm going to buy something and like, I bought it. So now it must be worth double the price, <laughs> like, like right yep. away. Yeah. And think about cars, but go ahead. Yeah. 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 That's a good, that's a good analogy. Go ahead. Yeah. Cause I mean, what, what else in the world do you buy? And then the value goes up immediately. Like, no, if, if that's the case, then everyone would buy it. Then everyone does. And then the, the balloon pops. That's what happened. Like, <laughs> and that's what happens. Like, the thing is with these, like you're saying, I mean, we were really early and when, when I was building my project, I didn't even know that PFP projects were like that prominent in the field. So I was like, okay. I mean, I saw the, I saw the, uh, the, the apes launch and I really liked them. Cause I was like, I was looking, I was like, I was like, what, what do they mean about generative artwork? So I was looking at them. And I was like, I mean, what, what did what? And so I just started like evaluating their artwork and then try to start figuring out what they did. And then I built my own and I started drawing my own collection. Cause I was like, well, this is just really cool. And I was really intrigued about the idea of generative art collections. Cause I was like, you know, I feel like, you know, there is a level of art and generative art, but then that was so fastly circumvented. It was so quickly circumvented. Like already people are building bigger projects, building further, building faster. And that's whenever we started revamping our wheels as well. Cause we're like, all right, well, we're going to gotta keep pace with it. Cause you know, selling out a PFP doesn't keep you afloat. You get a, a, some cash government takes half of it. And then from there you go, all right, now I got to build a project. And all of a sudden you need new a new influx of cash to keep the, the project going forward. And that's when I feel like the businesses have to change from just like these one-off sales. So you need an actual business model, something that keeps people bringing in money, but also you give them back. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's where like we, the, this new economy has to get built. Well, I think TJ is doing it right where he's got, I mean, you've, you've got a service, you're providing PFPs as not just an, you know, a, an art form and, and form of digital self-expression, but you're also saying that this is a membership chip. This is my card. This is my membership card into something that I can find value in and, um, and utilize that as your business model. I mean, I, I think that, you know, companies that are here to build and say, okay, I'm going to launch a, uh, a generative art project. And everybody's going to think it's so fly. I'm going to have offers from Nickelodeon immediately to be making them <laughs> animated series. Mine, the cartoon is going to be yeah. amazing. It's going to be everywhere. Yeah. Um, is that like, that doesn't happen. Like well, it might've, it might've happened with Yuga, but um, it doesn't happen. <laughs> it's, it's but a flash, flash in a bottle. Exactly. But the beauty about flow is the transaction fees. So like I was turning in my transaction fees to the tax advisor, like my, my accountant, and they're like, you know, I can't even, we don't even know what to do with these are so low. Like the transaction fees are 0. 0.0001 cents. <laughs> Excel just doesn't know what to do with these. You're and trying so, to write those off? <laughs> no, I was just like, I have to present it to Germany. I haven't moved to the Caribbean yet, you know? And so I, I'm presenting them to Germany and they don't know what to do with transaction fees. But the point is, you can do so many transactions because they don't really cost anything, you know? And so like my, the evolution of my project is really going to be working with, um, so we're, 
we're kind of like building the next steps and it's going to be compo composable NFTs where you get to change how it looks kind of like the Flovitar model because we're, we're working with Flovitar. Yep. And so we're going to be working with them a little more closely because it allows it to build upon the story. So all of a sudden your story goes, Hey, this event is about to happen. And now to compose your NFT to make it this piece. But at the same time, you don't have to charge a hundred dollars per pack when it gets there either on this level. And I get some projects do, but like on this level, it goes, Hey, buy a pack. Like you were going to be buying a pack of Pokemon cards. Cause I buy those for my daughter. Like me and her go to Moolah sometimes. I put five bucks in and it's not that big of an expense. And I think that's going to be a little bit of a future as well is getting these like little microtransactions where people are buying entertainment. You know, because for me, I like entertainment. Maybe it's ADHD, but I like entertainment. And so that's going to be one of the pieces I feel like that can is allowable on flow with these cheap transaction fees. But I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the future is is microtransactions, right? Um, yeah, that's what we're all striving for. It's like because I mean, that's what the government does. The government just wants you to buy and sell and trade. So they get like a, a portion of all the cuts to run the government. And yeah. so there's the things too with the royalties. You're hoping that you're creating this level of a business where people are trading and you're getting some level of royalty trading. So yeah, it's, it's exciting stuff. What do you think, uh, TJ, about um, about the uh, Ronaldo Binance thing? Yes. What is up, Ronaldo TJ? Binance thing? I don't think I've seen this. Did Binance, did Binance buy Ronaldo's foot? No. No. Um, oh, he's partnering with Binance on an NFT collection. I see. Yeah, mm -hmm. I had not seen. I, had, I actually had not seen this. Yeah, just today. Um, so that'll be that'll be an interesting um, piece to watch. Like you know, um, what's that going to look like? Like just to have an athlete of that stature I, I don't think that there's ever been well i mean there's autograph right autograph.io has done it before yeah. with tom brady uh -huh. um tiger woods and things like that have have created you know really cool things but uh ronaldo is i mean he's on another level right like that's it's yeah, pretty crazy ronaldo, huh? <laughs> I mean, oh yeah yeah i mean that that's you talk globally it's Arguably the most popular athlete in, in the world, I would think. Right. Definitely one of one of the top ones. I mean, yeah. Just from from a global scale, like soccer just kind of dwarfs <laughs> any of the stuff that, that we see in America for sure. Right. And uh yeah, it was just you know, like excited for, for things like La Liga coming to Dapper Labs. So rare's obviously been super successful and popular already with with soccer. So mm -hmm. yeah, just gonna continue are you, to see these and yeah, are you guys gonna are you guys going to to work with la liga as well for for otm and things like that or would yeah would definitely lo love love to do that at some point no no immediate plans to do so i mean yeah. in in my ideal world we have you know full full stop all the sports nfts full analytics platform etc games for each of them Really, for us at this point, it's about figuring out how to build all of that in a way that that is financially sustainable. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's that's really, really the challenge. But um, yeah, we're we're always having different kinds of partnership conversations, both within the Dapper and Flow ecosystem, 
and uh, you know, of course, of course, experimenting outside of it as well. Right now, we're we're definitely laser focused on on the Dapper Sports products and on Flow, but am obviously aware that that there's a a sports NFT world outside of that bubble too. No. And uh, even even though we haven't dove into that at own the moment just yet, it's uh, it's not off the off the table. Amazing. All right. Well, I'm not going to take too much more of your time. We've been uh, we've been going at this for over an hour now, so not going to pull a Joe Rogan and do a three hour call. But um, appreciate you guys so much. Um, what um, what's what's next for for TJ? What's next for you? Um, for for Jolly Jokers, just keep building the OTM. Yeah, yeah. Just keep keep on building there. So if anyone is is interested in learning more about the Jolly Jokers, you well, first off, you can mint at jollyjokersnft.com. You could also join our Discord, chat in there with any questions, or just feel free to, to DM me directly, either in Discord or on Twitter at tjl5124dfs. Can help get all of your questions answered. If you're someone who is is a all day collector or a top shot collector or just interested in kind of the, the intersection of sports and web three in general, Jolly Jokers is definitely a strong, strong community for you. And uh, yeah, just going to continue on with our, our weekly grind. We've been doing uh, at least two Twitter spaces a week on Tuesdays at 2 PM Eastern time from the own the moment account. We're doing a top shot weekly show. Tomorrow and all Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern time, we're doing an NFL all-day show. NFL all-day has a pack drop this Friday, so I'm sure we'll have some stuff going on there. So, yeah, I saw uh, yeah, you were on there to, today with CryptoPoppy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we, I, I recorded a little little show with him on our YouTube channel earlier. So if anyone's new to all-day, that's actually a great show to check out. CryptoPoppy from the Pirates of the Metaverse is, is just now starting to get an NFL all-day. So we kind of did a did a live show where we just walked through like, Hey, here's what NFL all day is. Here's all of the different stuff going on. Here's the, you know, what the playbook is. Here's what rumble is. Here's how you can use the own the moment website to get yourself started. Mm. And uh, yeah, just, you know, continuing to provide tools for people that are avid collectors to, to allow them to, you know, scale up their collections, continuing to provide some more beginner level content for people that are maybe just getting into this space and uh, just wait, waiting for the next, big opportunity to come our way and and take a big swing at it. So it's been a, a ton of fun building and looking forward to everything that we have coming coming in the future. And yeah, thanks a lot for having me on the show today. Cheers, TJ. Appreciate your time. Eric, what's next for you? Nice. Make me follow that. <laughs> you just laid out all that and you'd be like, Eric, what are you going to be doing yeah, now? Eric, what are you doing now? <laughs> nah, so I'm pretty excited. So we're working now with the fine team. Be building out the party goobs and getting them like spread out in the universe. Hmm. Uh, I'm working now with a, a couple of writers and some other people to be building out our storyline because I want to be bringing goobs to a more of an, a storyline environment where we're going to be pumping out parties. People are going to be hanging out in the Discord, hopefully moving into the metaverse. But like we talked about previously, what the fuck does that mean? But yeah. at the same time, that's some things that are exciting to me, like human interactions and building out a storyline where you get to create a level of your character that's moddable. And so we're going to be working on creating the next level of our NFTs, which would be changeable pieces. Right. Where people are going to be modifying them, much like Flovertar, because we're working with the Flovertar team. Mm -hmm. Really excited about that. And yeah, just kind of like concentrating on entertainment and fun. So 
like after you've kind of calculated your sport risk with the Jolly Jokers, you can come out, hang out with us for a little bit and just throw a couple of beers back, have a couple of little laughs yep. and just kind of let, your, let, um, let it go. And mm-hmm. that's where we're going to go from there. So I'm really excited about the future because I want to kind of build something where people can come in and then have like entertainment is the, the piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. what that's what that's what Bobbles is doing too. We got a game um, that we're developing as well. So um, that's uh, we're probably two months away. But I think that like um, entertainment and using your NFTs as something that you can integrate into entertainment is 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 like the future, right? So that's kind of what we're doing as well with the game that we're building. Is that nice. you, you can you can take your 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 collection and use them as uh cards in in the game and um and we're partnering with moxie so um we're gonna we're gonna bring play to earn and earn to play tournaments betting things like that so um pretty pretty pumped for that um to to build that out and i think that that's that's kind of like you know that's the progression of of our project in terms of like just trying to to build it in stages of like okay you guys bought you know this pfp or or this this digital collectible and now what do you do with it right and um i think that many people's roadmaps like i've seen arguments people saying you know people aren't sticking to roadmaps and people aren't doing this but i think that you know, again, to go back to my comment that this is something that we are all doing for the first time. And, um, you know, a lot of us are, are finding our way as we go and we're finding what our community likes and we're trying to build that. Right. So hundred percent because like, yeah, for me it is, it's all about just this level of an escape. It's a part to just come out and hang out and I'm excited about it. Cause you know, for me personally, I feel like I work a lot and then sometimes I just want to come and have a place to chill and not almost veg out Mm -hmm. and creating this environment where people are allowed to kind of be who they are. I like, I like gift wars where we just play music in the, in the chat room and people just spam gifts and memes Mm -hmm. and just kind of like, kind of like lose themselves in it, you know? And that's something that's important to me. It's just, it's just, it's almost trying to escape the reality. Because so much of what my personality is that it's trying trying to escape reality. Because reality is just boring sometimes, and you know, it's shitty sometimes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so you know sometimes it's about just escaping that for a, even a moment and falling immersing yourself in a different world. And that's what mm-hmm. we're really excited to be bringing to the future. So nice. All right, gents, we're uh, yeah. you know we're over time. Appreciate your time. Uh, we'll see each other in the multiverse metaverse versus places <laughs> I'm actually gonna have a party. all right tj it was nice meeting you hey Thanks we got some balling goobs and what's that i think it'd be the balling goobs i think would work perfectly for like a an event for yeah jolly jokers so yeah hit me up in the back channels nice let's do it let's do it all right cheers guys appreciate your time all right, have so a good one later bye